Hello, and welcome back to Obsessed, the podcast. This is your host, Ava, back from a long hiatus. I do apologize for the long break in episodes. There is no excuse other than end of school year, finals, beach week, coming home, getting settled. But now I'm all settled at home, and I'm ready to start potting again. So here we are. I'm really excited about this episode today because it is a solo episode, um, which maybe will scare some folks. It definitely scares me, but I'm really excited to just be talking to you guys alone with my own thoughts and my own opinions and to talk about what I'm obsessed with because it's been a few weeks. I feel like I have a couple new obsessions to talk to you about. Also, before we get started, I want to just broadcast this to the world. Um, So if you're just listening to the first couple minutes, you'll get this message. But I'm really interested in doing more episodes this summer with people who aren't necessarily my best friends because the past guests we've had on the pod have been like literally my best friends and my parents. So I would love to have people who I don't know that well, who don't know me that well, but just want to be a a guest on a podcast. I'm looking for, you know, college age kids little older, a little younger is fine. Also, you know, it doesn't have to be college age, but just, I, I, you know, that's an age that I can connect with on a personal level, but it doesn't have to be necessarily that age at all. But I would love for you guys, if you know people who'd be interested, if you'd be interested, please email me. Uh, the email is obsessedthepod at gmail.com. And I can do, you know, FaceTime interview or pods. I can do live pods. I can do, but FaceTime pods, I can totally manage. So, if, you know, location is a barrier, obviously we can connect through Zoom or FaceTime. Um, so yes, please just let me know. I'm really, really curious in getting to know more people through this podcast and reaching more people. So again, just email me in um, or just DM me on Instagram, obsessed the pod um, on Instagram. So yes, thank you. Um, now I'm going to dive right in. I'm going to start with a normal segment, a normal segment of word of the week. Um, and again, you know, normally it's not a word and today it definitely isn't a word it's more of a little um <laughs> i don't even know it's more of a it's more of a uh, i don't even know what the word would be for this thing but it's more of a like a signature it's a, it's a it's a way to sign off a text message or an email or an instagram or a comment or whatever um and it's with the two letters xx both lowercase i've been obsessed with using this in quite literally every single message that i send i guess traditionally it stands for kiss kiss xx like xoxo but just the x's so kiss kiss um and i just think it's really cute at the end of a message like let me know when you get home xx or like call me when you get a chance xx and it's just a nice way to a nice way to personalize a message or not necessarily personalize but it's a nice way to um, leave a message with a little more of a a loving touch or like caring touch which I think is cute and I don't know I really like it I think I I think it's used a lot maybe in formal messages or not even formal but like it I think it's a generational thing honestly I'm very unclear where I've gotten this phrase from but I really like, I really, really enjoy using it. Um, it's also just kind of now has become a little bit of a habit of mine just to press XX when I'm done with a message. Yeah, I've really been obsessed with it. And I, yeah, I, again, not a word, but it's a thing I use with words to exclaim them, XX. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my, obs- that my word of the week. I'm definitely gonna continue to use it. It's, it's so funny how a word kind of gets acclimated or 
integrates into your vocabulary. I think some words you can force into your vocabulary, and I will not lie that this XX did start as a kind of a meme that I would do and somehow just kind of integrated. A little bit forced, but yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I'm going to continue to use it. Um, so yeah, that's my word of the week. Next, I I mean, again, with a guest, I would talk about like maybe childhood obsessions next. And I, I'm going to talk about a childhood obsession because I feel like we haven't heard from me a lot on this topic. And as a child, I, you know, went in and out with a lot of a lot of things and i was obsessed with very many things like a lot of things um and i'm not ashamed of that that was just kind of part of my personality and again nothing has really changed in terms of that i still go through these intense obsessions but when i was a kid i feel like it was a lot more intense and took up a lot more of my time so the obsession i want i want to talk about today is high school musical uh, because I think this is a pretty universal obsession. I definitely think I had a in, more intense obsession than maybe a lot of, um, than the average folk, but I definitely was surrounded by people who were also very, very obsessed with High School Musical. So the first High School Musical came out when I was around. I'm gonna look it up just for historical accuracy. I I can't tell you. I remember seeing the first one. I do remember watching the second one live okay high school musical the first one original release was january 20th 2006 so i was about six years old i was five actually so i probably did not see the first one when it first came out now that i'm actually kind of thinking about it um because i feel like i I was five like it's kind of early to see this move i'm not quite sure but i do remember vividly the second one high school musical 2 was pretty iconic because it was like the summer one. It was, uh, that was 2007. So I, yeah, that's crazy that I was just seven. Um, but anyways, it was the summer one and it was set at a country club and there was a pool and lifeguards and whatnot. I was just infatuated by the second one. So I, I don't know if I had seen the first one and then saw the second one or was seeing the second one for the first time and then saw the second or the first one. And anyways, it doesn't matter. I was obsessed. I... I cannot, now I'm having a very hard time remembering, deciphering all three of the movies, but I know for the third one, I did lots of performances on iMovie, sang along to the tunes. The third one's pretty iconic because of the addition of um, the, the British villain, um, along with them just graduating prom. Big deal. But the first one is pretty iconic, I think, because of the complexity of who's singing. Who... <laughs> That's such a funny way to put it, but um, Troy, who's singing? So obviously Zac Efron played Troy, but many people know that was not his voice singing, which is a fascinating fact, I think. The singer was... <laughs> okay, well, I, th- I thought I knew this person, but I, I don't know this person. But this the singer was Drew Seeley um, in the first movie, which is so fascinating, because you can definitely tell a difference between the audio quality or the audio... Uh, like the the sound of Troy in the first movie versus the second and the third, um, but the second one, the first one was phenomenal storyline wise, um, a classic you know jock nerd story, a new girl in town, um, Gabrielle, uh, uh, Gabriella, Gabriella, sorry, obviously I haven't seen this in a long time. I probably should have watched it before talking about it like this, but you should know that I was obsessed with. Um, high school musical and I will be honest I was less I, mean, I, I was so obsessed with the content itself the music 
the story, um, the characters, but I was just simply obsessed with Zac Efron. I thought that he was the best thing since sliced bread. I think he, I thought he was just the awesome. Um, and he was probably my, my, my first like huge celebrity crush. I had the biggest crush on him. I had everything you could ever had have that was attached to Troy. I had dolls that sang. I had, um, I'll put a picture on the Instagram of the notebook I had that somebody gave me for my birthday and put my face on it. Um, it was pretty iconic. Um, so yeah, I had everything that you could ever have attached to Troy Bolton. I had a teen necklace, which I believe was from the second movie. Anyways, also, can we just talk about how the second movie is like, has a complete different visual quality to it than the first and the second and the third? There's a weird sepia tone over the entire movie, which is interesting, an interesting choice, an interesting choice, but um, an interesting aesthetic choice. But nevertheless, it definitely, you know, sticks with you as a child. Like, why does this movie look different than every movie I've ever seen before? But yeah, I would say High School Musical 2 is one of the most iconic movies of my childhood. Definitely not the best. Uh, I remember getting a CD in, in like from Radio Disney in the ma- in the mail. I feel like even, and it was a video you put, like a DVD you put in the DVD player, and it would teach you how to dan- do this dance. And I would just do it over and over and over again, because back in those days, like you couldn't just on demand play High School Musical 2 when you wanted to see it or one, you had to like wait until it was on TV and then record it and then you could watch it all the time but I didn't have recorded so I would just play this this DVD to see this one scene over and over again and learn the dance um yeah what a sad childhood I mean it was a great childhood but what a sad moment in my childhood when I didn't have that ability to just watch High School Musical 2 whenever I wanted to you know um anyways and then the third the third High School Musical is also pretty iconic I think I already went into a bit, but the graduating, there's an iconic British villain. There's just lots of songs and lots of moments that are definitely worth discussing. The prom scene, the prom sequence in general, one of the most iconic, I can't, I can't use iconic another time, but one of the most um, memorable um, um memorable scenes in a childhood movie for me personally also the movie came out when i was not really a child anymore i feel like let's see what year it came out in it came out in 2008 so i was a child i was eight um but yeah it was a stunning movie and this movie came out in theaters which was also pretty i mean yeah it was awesome that was so cool so yeah that that was like pretty much all i had to say about high school musical but i think everybody can kind of relate like that was one of the biggest like the biggest series, the biggest franchises of my, like, childhood that, like, I most remember that really, like, everybody knew. Nobody didn't know it. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was a universal phenomenon. And then, of course, the introduction of High School Musical, High School Musical, the musical, the series, um, on Disney Plus with Olivia Rodrigo and Joshua Bassett, obviously pretty iconic in its own right for being a drama, drama, drama um series but it's also just a really good television show i think and i'd recommend watching that too if you if you if you were a high school musical fan when you were a kid it's a good show to kind of put on and go down memory lane my dream is to go to the high school in it's in utah i'm desperate to go to utah to go to this um what's 
it's called East High School. Yeah. Um, but I'm desperate to go to it. It's in Salt Lake City School District. I'm desperate to go. So yeah, that's all I have to say about High School Musical. Going, you know, further on this kind of musical adventure, I want to talk a little bit about my obsession at the moment, which is movies about singers. <laughs> specifically female singers and really what they are are documentaries but you know the documentaries about singers and i don't really know how to kind of frame what they are i was trying to come up with a word for what these are they're like musical documentaries they're movies they're documentaries about singers and celebrities i don't really know but i um kind of discovered a couple of them recently that i really really enjoy and definitely want to highlight and talk more about the subjects of them and whatnot. The first movie about a female artist or musician that I want to talk about is Billie Eilish's uh, The World's a Little Blurry, a movie that came out on Apple TV Plus this year. Um, I would say it's one of my favorite movies I've seen the entire year. Um, obviously, it's been a slow year, but um, it definitely is one of my favorites. It was, it's an epic film. It's about over, it's over two hours long and it basically just tracks kind of the recording of her debut, debut studio album titled When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? And it's really incredible because, I mean, as somebody who definitely, I listened to this album when it came out and I'm a pretty big Billie Eilish fan or listener. I was just shocked to see that the entire album pretty much was recorded in her brother's childhood bedroom um, in their childhood home, which was pretty incredible to me. And when they weren't recorded in that bedroom, they recorded on tour or on the road in hotel rooms, which I thought was pretty remarkable just because like, I think she is this huge artist, right? With loads of listeners, loads of fans. And to see kind of the humble recording process was really pretty remarkable, stood out to me. Uh, I also think that it's just pretty remarkable that her and her brother kind of crafted this album in a beautiful way. I mean, I, I really, really like Billie Eilish. I know some people don't, so I, I also respect that opinion. But for me, she's the music is pretty, was it's pretty, um, it's fresh and it's new and it's um, unique. And I think it was really cool to see her brother and her kind of come up with these lyrics on the spot in the documentary. Uh, the documentary started filming in 2018 and um, ended um, ended ended shooting in 2020 so it kind of covers a, a pretty big two years in her career and her life and overall again it's 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 a it's a movie worth watching it's a movie worth sitting down and committing to for over two hours because it really details her struggle with just being famous and also being a teenager she goes through a weird romantic relationship with um a boy who's quite older and she goes through her 16th birthday she goes through dealing with being famous at such a young age one of the best moments for me in the movie was when she got to meet justin bieber at coachella and justin bieber was like her it was a big inspiration but also just like her childhood crush she had bieber fever and so being able to meet your idol in such a normal way um or such a like he also wanted to meet her right 
she didn't know how to cope with that experience right like she just didn't know how to react which i thought was i don't i thought it was really interesting because obviously if i was in that situation meeting justin bieber i would act the same way but she's like also super successful and super famous i think it's interesting too because justin bieber is one of probably the only people who can like relate to her in that sense of like having fame at such a young age um so i thought that was super cool that moment um and then they end up obviously having a or justin bieber ended up featuring on bad guy which was also detailed in the documentary as being just like a huge moment in her career and in her just personal life as well as having justin bieber on one of her songs after listening to his music for so long and looking up to him as a a singer and performer so yeah that was also an awesome moment but i really like just the little moments also in the movie where just she's talking with her parents talking with her brother you really got to see how close the family is how supportive the family is yeah i think it's really worth a watch in terms of understanding her as a person more Uh, i think she is kind of like this elusive character almost with her baggy clothes and her colored hair and her long nails and i definitely think obviously the past month um past couple weeks even um the introduction of the british vogue cover where she's wearing a more more revealing clothes than she would have or she has done in the past and there's a lot of backlash um around this talking about how she's like selling out or the next move in her career is to like be sexy and i think if you watch the documentary you see that like she's a person and like just because she's worn baggy clothes in the past she's literally literally been underage and now she is over 18 and can kind of choose her own way she can pick the way she wants to express herself and she shouldn't be judged for that i think i, I don't know I, th- I really think it's worth watching um to understand her a bit more i'm really excited for the next album um i'll definitely i'm definitely have my calendars marked for when it comes out so that i can listen to it because the first album was just like such a it was amazing the album itself but like just the songs are tied with so much memories with so many memories for me it came out my end of my freshman year of college so like that first summer or that like end of like finals week of my first year of college it's just it's super glued to that time period which is was honestly a great period so i enjoy going back and listening to this um album Anyways, it's a long-winded way of saying I really recommend watching it if you can. It's on Apple Plus. Kind of hard to kind of hard to get Apple Plus. I mean, not hard, but like it, it's not a, a streaming service everyone has. But if you have access to it, I really recommend watching it. Yeah. So that's the first movie that I've been quite obsessed with for honestly the past couple months, um, and I've never gotten the chance to talk about it. So I'm very excited I was able to. And the second one is another one that we've ha- have talked about on the podcast with Kennedy. Um, and relating to Taylor Swift, but it's the Taylor Swift documentary on Netflix called Miss Americana. I was really surprised by it. Um, another one that I was really surprised by, and obviously, like, I'm, these movies are documentaries, so they're meant to be, like, showing, like, behind the scenes, and usually, not usually, but sometimes, like, with Miss Americana, they're kind of tied with an album, right? Um, so they're meant to be kind of, like, free press, not free, but, like, they're meant to be, they're meant to bolster the album, um, so this definitely was that, um, and it, was meaning to show kind of another side of Taylor that she has curated perfectly. And that's that's another thing with documentary, obviously. Um, not obviously, but um, I'm a documentary studies student, so we talk a lot about how, like, documentary really isn't, like, nonfiction. It's just an artistic take on on reality. So it, that's how I, that's the, the lens that I see these movies through, is that they're definitely kind of, like, these industry movies that are meant to shape an image about the artist, but it's also super just interesting. I mean, I don't know. I still find them to be informational in some way. 
even if it's just like how their label wants them to be portrayed or how they want themselves to be perceived by the public anyways um so the movie is really really good um because it's just like taylor swift has been so like guarded for so long and i've been a fan since i was little and then went through phases where i didn't like her because of like you know Donis, because of kanye um because of just like the public's perception of her that i didn't that, and i was like seven years old and didn't really understand anyway so i'm i think at this point i was going through a taylor swift phase in my life sophomore year so it it was kind of like the perfect movie to watch and again didn't i never knew too much about taylor swift besides the fact that like who she was dating at the time and like the music right but i think the documentary gave shed a lot a lo- shed a lot of light on like her mental state which i thought was super interesting she talks a lot about like wanting to be liked by everyone which i think is a a human feeling i think it's also spe- specifically a a woman in society's feeling is wanting to everyone wanting to please everyone and wanting everybody to like them so i think that was kind of a big uh roadblock in her career when people didn't like her the hashtag taylor's over party um after kim after the kim and kanye situation um which i don't really feel like going into i definitely think it's really interesting to see how she coped with that after wanting to be liked for so long and wanting to just please the public and then realizing that people just did not like her people actively wanted her to like actively wanted to end her career i think that was an that was hard for her to cope with obviously like it's hard for anyone to cope with that um but specifically i think all her career from the time she was like 14 was focused on just being like easy to digest um so this definitely wasn't easy to digest for the for the fans it's really interesting too because for like a year she kind of went underground she just hid away nobody saw her in person for a year and i think that was really important because obviously she came out of that with reputation and reputation was i mean you know people have their own opinions in my opinion it's one of her best albums just because of like the messages behind the songs and the passion behind the songs which i think you can really feel i think it's also interesting that her she doesn't really talk about her relationship now with joe allen but she definitely hints at it being like we don't want to make it a public thing we want to have our own little secret we want to live our own lives by ourselves and not let everybody know which i think is an awesome like kind of next step in her life right a maturity level because she is actually growing up and realizing that relationships aren't always best broadcasted and then another thing i want to mention that like this is not a critique on taylor swift at all i'm a huge i'm a huge ally for taylor swift and i defend her to all ends but i think the documentary is really interesting in understanding again like how she thinks and how she functions and i think it's pretty obvious that you can tell that she is emotionally immature um not in a sense of like she doesn't know how to like empathize with others or like feel what others are feeling or whatever i think it's just like her personal maturity level emotional maturity is low um and i think that speaks to her fame at such a young age she never she she didn't grow up like a normal person would grow up she grew up you know traveling across the country not going to school with other children that were her age not going to college not having a normal first boyfriend you know and i think i think that really affected how she functions i also think it something that affects also is just like having everything you want like um not having to 
going coffee in the morning, having somebody go get coffee for you, or if you want like lunch, not having to do that yourself. Like I think it's a lot of that as well, but I think you can really tell that she, and it's not a criticism at all because I, I definitely think that she is like super, she's a genius. I believe she's a genius. And maybe that's just what comes with being a genius is you, there's, there's some parts of your life where you aren't as independent. I think that's the word independent. I don't think she's a super independent person, which there's no way for her to be because again, from a very young age, she was super famous and couldn't just be on her own in the world. Um, there's a hilarious picture that I found recently of her in some park. I assume in New York City, and she's in this like crazy outfit, like peak Taylor Swift in 2016 outfit, um, maybe earlier. Um, and she's like just eating Pinkberry and has like headphones in, listening to music alone on this park bench. And it's just such an interesting photo because I've never seen her just like alone with herself. Um, that's a bit, that's a bit deep. And I don't, I don't, again, I don't want to like cast my own like opinions about how how I think she is because I don't know her I only know this documentary but it definitely seems like she has she doesn't function like a regular human being not even a regular human being but a regular person in society which she doesn't and she never can but it's just an interesting realization because I think you also think about the music and how relatable it is but in reality we're never going to be actually able to relate to her again still love the girl so much um, I also think it's interesting in the documentary that they highlight her first like decision to become political. Um, that's also really interesting. She um, endorses somebody in Tennessee, and she talks about why she never wanted to be political before, alienating um, some of her fans. I thought that was a really interesting um, topic or a really interesting subject of that film, of the or a really interesting portion of the film. And then to go, piggyback off this Taylor Swift movie as I leave these movies behind these two recommendations I have for you that I'm obsessed with recommend watching them um I also do recommend like thinking critically about what they're showing us and what that means like what they have chosen to show us if that makes sense um but I I wanted to introduce the third obsessed the playlist um which is if I can find it anywhere here it is um obsessed the playlist Taylor Swift um, I wanted to make a playlist that was uh, like an easy um, an easy pathway into loving Taylor Swift and being obsessed with Taylor Swift. I tried to add all the songs that were my like holy grail songs, but also ones that are, in my opinion, lyrically interesting and musically interesting. Um, and not I didn't add like any of those cringy songs that people might think are cringy. Um, I tried to add like I tried to add ones that represent like what she means to me and what she means to a lot of people i had a couple of collaborators on this podcast on this playlist thank you india and lizzie and yeah i'm just gonna go through a couple of them highlight the ones that i really think you should listen to and ones that are like again like i couldn't live without these kind of songs um so i will go through them now the playlist should be in the bio of the instagram um i really recommend this if you kind of have an, have an aversion to taylor swift but kind of want to give it a try or you just feel like you should because she is so, is always going to be culturally relevant. I can also, you know, hold your hand through the process if you need me to. But I wanted to start off the playlist with kind of OG songs. So I chose our song and Tim McGraw, one of her, both two of her like, you know, debut 
singles on her debut album and i really think our song is a classic i think i remember hearing the song for the first time you know in elementary school and just being like this is awesome um and i still think it's really awesome um they're definitely those two songs are definitely more country leaning um so if you don't like the kind of thing maybe they aren't for you but i think it's also interesting to hear kind of where she started um to understand where she's going and how she evolves um then i'm gonna kind of skip a few songs i'm not gonna go through every song on the playlist but dear john is one of the most beautiful songs i've ever heard i think it's one of those songs for me that i heard for the first time again elementary school and was like <laughs> it's a, obviously it's like basically like a post breakup like just like telling somebody how you feel obviously in elementary school i had never gone through this feeling before but i knew that like i i felt the pain that she felt anyways it's about john mayer i believe and dear john which i think is an interesting an interesting top or it's an interesting relationship that she had right at a very young age i believe she was 19 and he was like in his 30s maybe late 20s and it just the relationship was not right right um so the song is really like what were you thinking john right like how did you think it was okay to like date this girl and then break her heart so i recommend listening to this one it's it's lyrically beautiful and then we cut that's on speak now and then we kind of go into red and i mean not, not that every one of these songs is going to be sad but all too well is like the peak sad song that i do recommend um listening to then i'm trying to pick like not all of them so let's see out of the woods okay also my new obsession I was obsessed with Speak Now, but now I'm obsessed with 1989. I just think it is brilliant. <laughs> I think some of these songs just, yeah, they definitely flew under my radar until I um, rediscovered them recently. M my favorite song probably on 1989 is Clean. Really recommend that song. Would I, 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 If you're going to start somewhere, I would start there, honestly. Clean. Such a good song. Um, and then New Romantics, obviously. That's one that I think also flew under my radar but i'm really obsessed with it right now and then i've kind of skipped over fearless because i added it to the end but basically every song on fearless but specifically if you're going to taylor's version of fearless mr perfectly fine i think is one of those ones that were like well, how was this not on the original fearless right it's just so good lover is definitely one for me that an album for me that i didn't love uh despite the name lover um but i think i added a few because it's you know whatever there's like there's lovely songs on it london boy is just an iconic love letter to her you know her relationship at the time and now um so i think it is an interesting album but you can also skip over it if you need to um and then i added some from folklore and evermore but i think for me like i love evermore and folklore um but taylor swift for me is definitely those you know pre-reputation albums sorry yeah pre-reputation albums if that makes sense i also added a few from reputation because i also think that like if you're getting into taylor swift reputation is not really where to start um but i did put dress on the playlist and a few others because dress is like that song that we all listen to for the first time and we're like this is taylor swift because <laughs> it's like very you know it's, it's just very um it's it's inappropriate in a way that like we're not used to hearing taylor swift um sing about so i really recommend that and i think that's oh well then the last one that i want to talk about is delicate which is on reputation as well and i think that's just like a beautiful song 
about like someone loving you and appreciating you even though everyone else doesn't um so i think that's an awesome song honestly because i think that's also a reflection of her own you know self-confidence and how she managed to find love even at her darkest moment so i really really recommend going checking out this playlist i would love to hear your favorite taylor swift songs and if you are a taylor swift fan if this is a good representation of like how to get into taylor swift i would call this like taylor swift for beginners because i think it is like for beginners because i think it's all like pretty digestible songs hopefully i just i made this because i really just i really really enjoy taylor swift and i think it kills me when people say they don't like her and i've been there before i've, I've been that person who said i don't like her but now i just feel like i i could not live and i could not like feel certain things without having taylor swift songs playing which i know is maybe a bit dramatic but i definitely feel like she's helped me this sounds so cheesy but i definitely think she's helped me like understand my emotions better which again i just talked about how she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't feel in a human way which i uh, i just talked about how she maybe doesn't have the same life as a normal person in society but i definitely think she feels the way that you know regular humans do i don't know guys it's it's, it's all it's all a bit confusing and i know i've made it more confusing probably but I'd recommend getting into Taylor Swift this summer. If, if there's one thing that should be in your to-do list for summer 2021, it's get into Taylor Swift, you know? That's just my opinion. And that's kind of all I have for today's episode. Um, I think it's a shorter one, but it's just myself, so that's all I can give you. Um, but I, again, really want you to check out this Taylor Swift episode. I really want you to follow me on Instagram, ObsessedThePod. I also want you to, you know, ride in if you want to be a guest. Literally just email me and I'll email you back. Uh, I would love to have just some others on. And I would love to have one episode where we don't talk about Taylor Swift, you know? Um, even the lover, but I feel like I'm forcing it down people's throat. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Again, I'm sorry for the delay in episodes. I'll try to um, get out some pods this summer but again thank you for listening so much i really appreciate it um i hope you guys have a lovely rest of your week or beginning of your week whenever this comes out and yeah thank you goodbye